So let's face it, managing compliance sucks. It's complicated, it's so hard to keep organized, and it requires a ton of expertise in order to survive the entire process. Welcome to Compliance Unfiltered, a podcast dedicated to making compliance suck less. Now, here's your host, Todd Cashew with Adam Goslin. Well, welcome in to another edition of Compliance Unfiltered. I'm Todd Cashew alongside the weather vane to your compliance tornado, Mr. Adam Goslin. How the heck are you, sir? <laughs> I am glad I'm firmly bolted down. How about yourself? Indeed. Bolted down indeed. Now, these days, sir, many organizations are going through changes. But talk to us a little bit more about how organizational change impacts your PCI compliance. Well, if, if, you're, a, if you're a successful business, a not a successful business, um, you know, your organization is going, to, is going to go through some scaling and modifications. Uh, and you're going to be you're going to be approaching some form of organizational change. Um, you know, maybe you know, maybe you need to rein things in. Maybe uh, more optimistically, you need to you, know, you have new offerings. You acquire another business. You go into a new market. You know, whatever you're going through, uh, whether it's exciting, daunting, complex, whatever, um, those changes are going to happen. And you know those types of organizational changes will impact your PCI compliance. Um, you know, in, in many times, it's not even in ways you see coming. Uh, you know, until maybe you're in the middle of it, or even afterwards. Um, so you know, don't, you, you don't want to neglect uh, you know major security compliance decisions that you'll need to consider. Um, you know, the the compliance issues that come along with it they aren't merely you know, logistical issues, but, you know, depending on what type of a change, um, it could have pretty substantial impacts on your business, your ability to remain in compliance with PCI. So, um, you know, that's the, that's kind of the, the, the lead in, if you will, uh, for the topic. Now, what are some examples of the organizational change you're talking about here? Well, you know, at the end of the day, um, the, the, the ripple impacts for organizations that are kind of going through some form of, a, you know, of, of an expansion, um, you know, really are going to fall into one of two categories. Either the existing organization now has become more complicated. Um, you know, you, you're, you've left it as one single organization, but an example being maybe we've got two physical data centers today and we add a third. Um, you know, maybe we go ahead and layer on a new service offering uh, for the organization. Um, you know, in these types of cases, your your existing footprint for PCI <clears throat> becomes more complex, but stays under you know kind of one umbrella. And you know, in the on the other side, maybe you've got the notion of of an acquisition where um, your organization acquires a company, and the acquired company is going to either temporarily or permanently remain a separate entity or a subsidiary, uh, you know, or a division of the, uh, of the existing, you know, kind of parent organization. So, you know, the modification in terms of how your PCI needs to morph and flex with, <coughs> excuse me, the organizational changes is going to depend on 
which of the, you know, kind of various categories apply to your, to your situation. But, you know, regardless of, of the nature of the change, regardless of how, how you plan to implement it, et cetera, you know, certainly recommend that the, that the listeners consider, you know, in detail about what are the material impacts going to be to their compliance? How should they go about doing it? Um, knowing and understanding, you know, what those various options may be, you know, could make it a, a far easier, you know, a far easier or a far more difficult approach. And we don't want to have anybody going through any types of major organizational changes without early on engaging the expertise of their PCI consultant, or if you do happen to have an assessor, um, you know, then get them into the fold relatively early on. I actually had a had an organization that, um, you know, that, uh, that I was working with that, you know, they were just doing their own thing, right? They did, they didn't even, it didn't even cross their mind to, to bring up, oh, hey, guess what? We're about to go do fill in the blank, uh, you know, and kind of bring me into the fold in the, in terms of the conversation. And they brought me in really, really late into what they were do uh, already down the path of. I can tell you, man, it, it had some pretty substantial impacts uh and and honestly injected a multitude of delays into you know into their plan and the biggest problem is is at that point in the game you've already made commitments to the executives to your board you know to your investors whatever it may be right hey we're going to get this thing done by here and now all of a sudden you forget to go talk about your compliance stuff and you know now all of a sudden oh shoot we forgot about this we forgot about that we forgot about the other thing so you know it's um it's it's really really important nobody wants to be in that situation where they're having to, you know, kind of put their foot in their mouth over, you know, commitments they'd made around timing and or having everybody in the organization having to leap through fire hoops uh, to make up for, you know, for what they, you know, kind of neglected along the way. Yeah, most certainly. Now, let's chat about PCI for an organization that increased their complexity of their compliance landscape like you know people go through changes in terms of like how in depth you know uh, they they need to be from a compliance standpoint and they don't always have the right safeguards in place what what do we do here so you know once you've made those uh, kind of strategic decisions about the expansion then you know in, integrate that expansion into your existing footprint for PCI um, you know, to take the opportunity to, you know, again, just like I was saying, saying a minute ago, you know, engage your PCI consultant, engage your assessor, et cetera, identify those, you know, kind of ripple impacts, the requirements that you're going to need to modify as a result of the organizational change. So going back to that, you know, kind of earlier example I gave about adding a, you know, you're going to add another data center to the mix. Yeah. Um, you know, this simple introduction well, now, all of a sudden, we've got impacts on things like your network diagram, your data flow diagram, your inventory, um, you know, your your elements for requirement nine for physical security. You know, now, instead of it being two data centers for all those all the, the, all those requirements, now you've got three that you need to collect the information against. So, you know, this is where this is the point at which you know, uh, folks realize the the value of a, of a good, robust compliance management tool that has the capability to, you know, to hold an organized repository of your compliance evidence, uh, a tool that will allow you to take things like the PCI requirements and split them out into the va various data center locations. Um, you know, you want to be able to track and manage 
requirements for each location while also rolling them up because you know the evidence from data center one two and three are mm -hmm. all going to be pertinent elements that play up into the overall requirement but you want to have kind of a moving piece and part uh, you know for each of those locations as you go through you know the, the the challenges for leveraging things like manual systems like you know an excel sheet or a semi-manual system where you've got you know also you've got a network repository or drop where you're where you're going and, and dropping things in means every time that you have one of these tweaks you know to, to, to your compliance landscape now i have to go back in and overhaul my existing internal you know storage system for compliance etc you know a good compliance management system that's going to allow you to be able to kind of flex as you're going through uh, go, going through the process. Now, what about options for handling as an organization is going through acquisition? Right, acquisitions are some of the most uncertain times that an organization can have. Yeah, well, you know, during you know, from a PCI perspective, the acquisitions can go uh, a, a couple of different ways. Um, if the kind of acquired company is going to remain completely separate from the acquiring organization, actually the path is pretty straightforward. Um, you need a separate tracking management management system for, <coughs> excuse me, your separate entity. Um, but what I often will see, maybe it starts that way, but then it starts to morph. People start to realize, well, you know, I don't know what, it doesn't make any sense to, to you know uh, manage and maintain two separate you know information security policies two separate uh, acceptable use policies etc so you know a lot of times what i'll see is right out of the gate it will start as a separate entity then it will flip over to you know kind of starting to migrate toward you know being you know kind of being a subsidiary um you know a subsidiary of uh you know of that organization now, when you're going through and uh, when you're going through and you are um, doing it, let's say it's a parent company um, that's sharing evidence uh, evidence down. Um, you know, so let's talk about that really quickly. So, in this notion of you know, it's some form of a subsidiary. There's really kind of two different ways that I've seen organizations run their engagement. One is where the parent company is effectively sharing their core evidence down to the subsidiaries. Um, this model is most typically leveraged when you've got, um, where when each of the subsidiary organizations is intending on completing their own compliance paperwork, yet using inheritance from that parent organization. Um, so when you've got those sub entities that need to do that reporting separately, now you can set it up. So the, the easiest example that I've got for this is, let's say that corporate, your parent organization has an overall information security policy. That overall information security policy is now going to flow down to each of their subsidiaries. <coughs> so in this case, and things like the acceptable use policy, those policies kind of flow down from corporate HQ, where they take responsibility for certain requirements, where those flow down and into the subsidiaries. But 
the subsidiaries have the ability to collect their own evidence for things that they need to do uh, for their requirements to support their compliance, et cetera. And they can go ahead, um, basically leverage the shared evidence from parent and gather their own evidence as a subsidiary and then present that to their assessor and report on their compliance completely separate from the parent. Now, the next scenario is a different scenario where let's say the subsidiaries uh, you know, at the end of the day, the overall organization is going to fill out one, you know, kind of one, you know, one piece of compliance paperwork to rule them all, you know, type of thing. However, that parent company, because of the fact it's providing coverage for these various subsidiaries, has certain elements that they need to collect evidence and information from the subsidiaries that rolls up and into the parent organization. Um, you know, so under that scenario, let's say, let's say I've got an organization that's a um, kind of a, a, a more of a retail style, a retail or a food-based establishment would be an easy example. So in that scenario, the subsidiary is part of the, you know, you know, part, part of the overall organization, but you've got corporate franchises rolling up into corporate HQ. The franchise locations, each of which will have their own point of sale, you know, devices that are on site that require inspections, require inventorying, you know, things along those lines. So, um, you know, each of the each of the corporate franchise locations, let's say I've got 20 or 30 of them, they can go in. And this is just one example of a, of a requirement that would be at the, you know, kind of the corporate franchise level um, is they would go in, gather up all of their evidence. And then each of those 20 subsidiaries, their evidence for POS, POI insp inspections would then flow up as part of the evidence for the one single, you know, corporate, uh, you know, corporate entities, uh, you know, gigantic report that they would go in and do. Um, you know, and, and, and really, you know, going through these scenarios, again, just underscores the, the value of a good compliance management system, you know, if you're, if you're lucky enough to have that, um, because now you've got the ability to have live linked evidence between parent company flowing down to the subsidiaries or the subsidiaries flowing up and into the parent company, you know, that, that type of thing. So, you know, once you, you know, in, in that model where you're collecting up information from 20 different subsidiaries, you know, basically what, what you would mentally do <clears throat> is you would work on the, the items on the corporate, uh, on the corporate, um, you know, certification. Um, you'd go and work on that for those that don't have a dependency on the subsidiaries and then make sure that all the subsidiaries collect, you know, collect up and, and conclude their evidence collection so that then everything on the corporate, you know, corporate side can, you know, can, can be reviewed, but it's actually watching, getting these things set up is, 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 uh, is, is their own uh, uh, exercise in fun. Uh, but <laughs> once you've got this thing, once you've got this thing going, Oh my God, dude! It's like you know, the clouds are parting, angels are singing, <laughs> blah blah blah. Because you know, now you're not having to, you know, now you're not having to, you know, dive through all these manual machinations and fire hoops and and all this other fun stuff. You've got uh, it's it's just awesome when you can see the light bulbs completely come on for the organizations that are able to take advantage of this. No, absolutely. <clears throat> now, can you cover guidance for planning for change? Sure. So, um, 
you know, even though, you know, this might be your first acquisition or this might be your first expansion, whatever it may be, you know, don't be short-sighted in the, you know, in, in that planning. That It is one of the, it is one of the biggest things that, you know, that, that I'll see out of organizations, right? Oh, well, it's just, you know, um, the, the one thing that I'll hear a lot of times is, oh, well, it's just the parent company and we've just got this one extra location. So, we don't need all the, you know, the, all the pain and the overhead. Blah, 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 blah. The problem is, is that one subsidiary becomes two, two becomes five, um, you know, et cetera. As companies grow and morph and you've got, you know how it works. I mean, I, I can, I can just kind of visualize the listeners chuckling to themselves um, because they know how it works. The, you know, the, all of a sudden some exec gets a, gets a bee in their bonnet. Oh my God, we've got a fire sale with such and such a company and we want to go ahead and grab them and da, 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 da. And it becomes this kind of bee's nest of, uh, you know, go, 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 go. Cause they want to try to make this come together. And man, it's every single freaking person involved in this thing has their foot on the floor, pedal the metal, and, you know, all of a sudden you've gone from your nice, serene, quiet world to, you know, fits hitting the shan, you know, um, you know, because sure. everybody wants to dive through their butt to go make it happen. So, you know, it, it, when in the compliance space, the one thing I'm seeing more and more and more is that the complexity goes up. It's unusual that it goes down, um, you know, so for plan ahead. Make sure that you put in place the structure, the tools that you're going to need to be able to readily scale because you're not going to have the luxury or the free time to, you know, to turn around and tell the executives to have this be in their bonnet, uh, you know, hey, uh, you know, by the way, we're going to need like another couple of months to go ahead and kind of get our compliance stuff all organized and whatnot to be ready for this. Yeah, they're not giving you that opportunity. They're just going to tell you to figure it out. So, um, you know, do it in advance. You don't want you don't want to be, um, you know, be, be freaking out as you're trying to make it through this, nor do you want to try to put the structure in now that you've doubled or tripled or quadrupled the complexity of what you're dealing with. Um, you know, as we're talking here about, you know, PCI, you know, you can imagine for organizations that, you know, start off with PCI and then all of a sudden some big client comes along. And they're like, hey, guess what? We need you to be SOC 2. Well, we need you to be ISO 27001. We need you to be NIST CSF, HIPAA, whatever. You know, the, 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 the planning ahead, having your ducks in a row, uh, and certainly uh, having the right tool sets, et cetera, um, that can be, uh, uh, that, that's going to be game changer for the ones that, you know, kind of foresaw this coming. Sure. Parting shots and thoughts for the folks this week, Adam? Yep. Just grabbing me a little bit of a little bit of water so I can stop spewing all over the microphone here. Um, you know, the one thing that I would like to yeah, that I would like to 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 bring up is that so we've talked a little bit we've we've talked a lot sorry about the the nature of the changes the the styles and ways that these changes could impact and whatnot. But if you if you look at it. From this perspective, if the parent company is effectively um, going to start sharing their evidence down to the subsidiaries, keep in mind that effectively what that means is the parent company now has, be, you know, has, the, has the potential to become a service provider to those subsidiaries. So where the parent company used to just fill out, uh, you know, a merchant level, you know, merchant style paperwork for, <coughs> well, I tried to 
I tried to not cough and spew anymore. Apparently I failed. <laughs> um, so, you know, the, the parent company may have just filled out merchant paperwork previously. However, depending on which, uh, you know, core services they're sharing down to the subsidiary model, um, they may turn into that service provider. So, you know, I want the, the listeners to consider that as they go through. Certainly, um, you know, and this is a big one to make sure that you understand, uh, you know, what is the structure of that service provider versus merchant, um, you know, relationship between the people that are, you know, provisioning services, sharing services after all the dust settles about how you want to go about doing this. You know, every single thing about, you know, um, about compliance increases in complexity as you go through, you know, business growth, business expansion. Um, you know, PCI is absolutely no different, uh, but organizational changes are going to come into play. Um, opportunities for optimization and streamlining of, you know, kind of how you provision services to the the now increasing complex uh, complexity of your organization. They're going to present opportunities, but opportunities that you want to make sure you've taken the time to really th think through all of the ramifications so that you are, you know, truly prepared, uh, you know, not only for heading down the path, but being able to do so without surprises and, uh, you know, being capable, uh, capable of doing so in a sane manner, uh, you know, making sure that you've got the right compliance tool sets, uh, you know, on hand so that you, you will support the things that your organization is about to go do. And that right there, that's the good stuff. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode of Compliance Unfiltered. I'm Todd Cashel. And I'm Adam Goslin. Hope we helped to get you fired up to make your compliance suck less.